Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. G Suite by Google Cloud is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. You can make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of multiple versions. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. Make it G Suite by Google Cloud. Find out more, visit gsuite.com. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG, Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. And uh, one London game down, one London game to go, right? Mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it, was, it was kind of a weird fantasy game over there in London. Yeah, it was a weird fantasy week, too. There were some strange things that happened, uh, like in South Beach and at the Jerry Dome also, which we will be covering at some point, because my Cowboys whooped on the Jaguars. Basically, if you had a, whooped them. If you had a good defense, it probably let you down this week. It's probably right? what happened. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that just this, this didn't make sense. Speaking of London games, uh, we actually have, uh, I guess, a correspondent, so to speak. It is, yeah. Uh, Takeo Spikes, former NFL linebacker, was over there, and he will check in uh, to talk fantasy and talk about what he saw a little bit uh, at Wembley Stadium between the Seahawks and the Raiders. But as always, behind the glass, it is our man. And our faithful producer, Sir Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Hey, Murph, what's up, man? You guys are just talking about defenses. I'll tell you what, I love offense. Uh, every weekend, every primetime game should be one Chiefs game, one Rams game, and I'd be a happy man. Yeah, right? Dude. Right? Well, I know next week we do get that, right? We get uh, we get another Chiefs game that got flexed to, uh, to what, Sunday night? Mm -hmm. um, so it's Chiefs and Bengals, I believe, next week. So That'll be a uh, little points bonanza, or at least it's got the possibility to be. Yeah. Kind of fun to watch. Patrick yeah. Mahomes, uh, he acquitted himself quite well. Even though the Chiefs didn't get the win against the Patriots, uh, Mahomes balled out. He, uh, he, he He's good, up. man. I mean, he made a couple of mistakes, but, boy, he's so much fun to watch. And, and the, the Patriots, boy, how do you let Tyreek do that to you? Every play wide open. And by the way, do we have a beat button? Because I want to... Patriots fans, football fans, don't freaking give players the finger and throw beer on them when they're close to the... Come on. Have some class. What's wrong with you? I mean, geez louise, it's a football game. That's all it is. And you're throwing beer on guys and giving them the finger? Come on. I mean, these guys are out there doing their job. And you've got to disrespect them like that. Come on. Uh, I mean, ridiculous. Aside, aside so from stupid. Aside from the, you know, the obvious just being an ass part of it. Yeah. 
Beer at sporting events cost a lot of money. Yeah, why that's exactly why. Right. are you throwing it on people? Right. That Sam Adams yeah. or Harpoon they that's got in Gillette Stadium two. probably is just $13. Like, you know, aside from just you just being a jerk, it just, you're, just, yeah. you're wasting money. Go to the game and have fun, man. Well, Go to the uh, game and have the fun. The Patriots released a statement, and they said the fan will be sent a letter of disinvite to all future events Good. at Gillette Stadium. Good. How? And you know what? Just like a lot of people who lose fantasy football leagues, he should have to walk the streets of around Foxborough with a big sign that says, I'm an a-hole, okay, for 24 hours. That's what he's got to do. Real talk, though. How do you enforce a stadium ban? There's no way of knowing. I mean, how, right? They, no they, they always say that, right? And there's, like, there's multiple entrances. It's not like every ticket taker, security guard is going to have. Like, there's no there's no wanted poster. What if the like, dude does like a Bobby Valentine yeah, and comes in yeah. with a Disguise. mustache and glasses? Well, he's like, grow a beard, put a hat on, right. he'll be fine. It just, I don't know. That just feels like, that, that feels like I watched. Like, they said something. They made a statement. Everybody's like, oh, okay, that's great. But, like, there's no way to enforce this. Like Strongly worded letter. Right. Good luck. Good luck with that. The jerk store called. They're out of you. There you go. So, uh, like I said, we've got plenty to talk about. We'll have Tequila Spikes. Uh, we will talk about some – the trade deadline's coming in the NFL. And it's not – I know the trade deadline in the NFL is not quite like what it is in baseball or basketball or anything like it's that. It's the one thing that's missing from the NFL, it right, the, Marcus? It is, it is the one thing where that other sports have head and shoulders right. above the National Football League. But – you know, there are some names that are floating around. So we'll talk about some of the interesting names and what they could mean, where they could go to maybe boost uh, their fantasy value and, and that sort of thing. We'll also uh, talk about some guys who stunk it up this past week and whether or not we're going to go back to them. Of course, we'll always close it out uh, with some of your waiver wire picks. But let's start it off by doing some news. <laughs> The news. Uh, we will start with the Rams, who pulled out a, a really tough win uh, against the Denver Broncos on Sunday. And if you watched any of that game, you saw early on Cooper Cup on a jet sweep get dragged down from behind by a horse collar tackle uh, and was taken off on a cart. And at the time, it looked really bad. And, and certainly, you know, everybody in the Twitterverse and just I think most people watching kind of suspected that maybe that was the end of Cooper Cup for the 2018 season. But then he comes back in the second half. He was in the huddle for the first play. He was on the field a little bit, didn't play much, but he did come back and play, which obviously goes against the idea that he was out for the year. Now, his status obviously sort of remains in doubt. We'll see what happens, how much he practices, if he practices at all. But I think a lot of people, Fabs, have to be breathing a sigh of relief that he was able to come back at all. Yeah, man, because that looked bad, uh, and I'm glad it wasn't as bad as it looked. Let's just put it that way. But, you know, Jared Goff, you know, we're going to talk about this later on in the show, a couple of down games. But, I mean, Robert Woods had another fantastic game. And, you know, we talk about who's the best Rams wide receiver. They've got three really good ones, and any one of the three can go off at any given moment. But Woods has been the guy over the last couple of weeks, especially with Cup being hurt uh, last week and this week. And, of course, Brandon Cooks was banged up last week as well, uh, sort of waving the flag of USC wide receivers who are now kicking butt (laughs) all over the National Football League. But let's talk about Todd Gurley a little bit, too. I mean, this guy is, he's on pace to be better than he was last season. And he had 19 touchdowns last season. He's unbelievable good. And Los Angeles is home to the two best running backs in fantasy football. That's wild, huh? Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley. That is wild. Melvin Gordon is going off. Melvin Gordon is scoring all of the touchdowns. I I said earlier, after like the first couple of weeks, I said that, you know, Melvin Gordon could legitimately lead 
the NFL in touchdowns when it's all said and done. He, as we sit here right now, has nine. Gurley has 11. But I think like that's going to go back and forth all year long because not only does Gelt Gordon get those goal line touches, they throw it to him. I mean, you know, he's like everybody who has Keenan Allen is scratching their head wondering why Keenan Allen can't score touchdowns. It's, it's because Melvin Gordon's taken off. And anybody who got Gordon, and I know in our league, money got him in the second round, and I wanted him so bad, but he got him before. Anybody who got Gordon outside of the first round, pat yourself on the back, go get yourself your favorite IPA because – you, my friend, got a steal. Well, and and Melvin Gordon's going to be a top three pick next year. Dude, he's so good. I mean, if this keeps up, he will be a top three fantasy pick. Mm-hmm. It'll be, you know, in some order, it'll be, you know, Gurley. It'll be Melvin Gordon. What, maybe Saquon? Saquon. Uh, you know, something like that. I mean, that's that's what it's going to be next year because, yep. uh, I mean, that's just. Lev Bell? No. That, uh, you know, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, other injury news, Ryan Tannehill right now, day-to-day with a shoulder injury. It's the <laughs> same shoulder injury that kept him out of action on Sunday when Brock Osweiler What the up. hell, man? You know, if I had known... What I did, the hell? I didn't know this thing that Brock Osweiler was undefeated against the yeah. Bears. Like, I had one. I mean, we just assumed, you know, the Bears. The Bears are going to eat him alive. It's Brock Osweiler. And then he came and he just balled out. Um, if I had known that Brock Osweiler was undefeated against the Bears, I might have thought differently. Dude, about I mean, like... Whole thing. That, so... And that just goes to the unpredictability of the National Football League. That game and the game in Dallas. And, I mean, when we heard yesterday that Tannehill was out and Osweiler's in, and you think Osweiler, you think picks, turnovers. And then you think Bears defense coming off a bye. And you're like, oh, my God, you're frothing at the mouth that you have the Bears defense. You're thinking this is going to be fantastic. And Brock Osweiler threw for 380 yards and three touchdowns. The Dolphins had 541 yards of total offense, scored 31 points against the Bears. Against the Bears. I mean, that is insane. I. It's crazy, but that's the NFL. You know what? For all that, I'd still start the Lions defense again. If, he's, if, <laughs> if Osweiler is starting next week, I'd <laughs> still, I would still stream the Lions defense. I yeah, don't care. and what's insane don't. is that like, if Osweiler plays again, people are going to be thinking, well, Brock Osweiler off the waiver yeah, wire. Don't think that. If I'm in a 2QB league or don't, a Superflex league. Don't think that. Don't think that. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, people, do not <laughs> think that. You're like, you know, just don't. Like, okay, don't. This is not a Fitzmagic situation. Don't push your luck here. This is still, it's still there's a reason Brock Osweiler has been bouncing around the league and is a backup. So, uh, but I do think it's interesting because no, you know, nobody's really starting Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, nobody's starting Brock Osweiler. Mm-hmm. But I think it does mean something for any opposing defenses that you might face going forward. And I think that makes. I think the Lions, if if it looks like Osweiler's playing again this week, I think the Lions will be a very popular defensive pick. Yeah, and just so you know, and we'll be talking about this on the podcast later in the week and on NFL Fantasy Live TV. There are a whole bunch of really good quarterbacks with brutal matchups. Yeah, it's not, it's not a great brutal one. matchups and a lot of really good defenses that also have bad matchups. Not to mention you also have four teams on a bye yeah. coming up this week. So we're gonna uh, yeah including the Packers, I believe. So Aaron Rodgers is one of those Pittsburgh's teams. off as well. Uh yeah. So. We are we are gonna be helping you guys and you're gonna need it because between the matchups, the quarterback position and you know you're losing four tight ends, um it is going to be rough sledding uh, this week for the matchups when it comes to QBs and tight ends. There you go. Uh, speaking of defenses, the Bucs are going to have a new defensive coordinator. Mike, no! Mike Smith has been what? let go, Why? according to multiple reports. Don't do it! Uh, I mean, yeah, for our purposes, yes. this sucks. I know! Uh, for the Bucks. Well, their defense sucks, and that's why they made this change. <laughs> they are the 31st-ranked defense, which... 
the fact that they're only 31 and not 32 uh, is pretty bad. Actually, the uh, the, the Falcons right now have the worst rate. Yeah, and they're all banged up. And I they, mean, they have yeah, they have excuses. They're injured. Right, and their team is not that good either. Offensively, they're ridiculous, especially at home. But I mean, you know, the the Bucks rank last in pass defense since Smith was hired back in 2016. They've allowed 300 plus passing yards in all five games this year, and don't think that this is going to stop us from telling you to start Baker Mayfield no. as a sleeper. No, I mean, Baker Mayfield's still a sleeper. I mean, look, the, the Buck, the, yes, they're going to have a new defensive coordinator, but mm-hmm. they still they still just don't have a ton of talent on the back end of that defense. No, dude, they're bad. Like, honestly, and, and predicting football and fantasy football is hard enough. So it's nice when occasionally we get some, you know, yeah, some layups, some here. bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and any slot receiver, any receiver for that matter, that's going up against the Bucks is a layup. You're going to start him. That's why you got to like Jarvis, even though he kind of stunk yesterday. But it, I, I, it's, it's crazy because, you know, I just couldn't help but think watching some of these games yesterday. Like this is like the friggin arena league, man. Like with the Patriots and the Chiefs scoring all those points and land the Buccaneers scoring all these points. It's literally like just it's a fantasy bonanza every single week. You're getting big games from your superstars. And then again, you're getting some games from some non superstars, too, who suddenly are going to be valuable waiver wire pickups. Not Brock Osweiler, but there are others. Yeah, we'll I talk mean, about that. It's funny. You talk about, you know, the arena football aspect of it. And, you know, some of the, obviously the, the rules changes have yeah. to do with it. And we see last night Tom Brady ends up getting a rushing touchdown. I know. Where he's probably going to be wrapped up. But, you but you know, you, you got uh, Breland Speaks afterwards admitting that, like, yeah, I, I didn't want to get a roughing the I passer. I feel so bad for the dude, man. I thought the ball was gone. I didn't want to get called for roughing the passer. I let him go. And next thing you know, Tom Brady's running into the end zone for you know what ends up you know being a, a big touchdown yeah in that game and that saved his fantasy night too because he only had one passing touchdown so he ended up uh, I believe with over twenty points based on that six points for the rushing score yeah so uh, anyway so actually the Bucks have a new defense well, they will have a new defensive coordinator we'll see how much of a difference this makes in the meantime we're still gonna keep telling you to start people against the Bucks yes, uh, as many times as possible and that's is pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> That was the news. Joining us on the phone right now, 15-year NFL veteran linebacker with stops in Cincinnati, Buffalo, Philly, San Francisco, and the then San Diego Chargers, also a couple-time All-Pro. It is Takeo Spikes, who is a part of the Legends Fantasy League. Takeo, appreciate the time. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. What about you guys? We are doing quite well. Excited to talk to you about this. So, I mean, let's kind of get it. You you are right now, as we talk to you, you are uh, over in Europe. You were at the, the London game uh, on Sunday. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was doing the TV broadcast for Sky Sports over here, uh, doing the breakdowns and everything. So had the opportunity to cover that game yesterday, and it was pretty brutal to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if you were a Raiders fan, too. Talk about Marshawn Lynch, who's probably the most valuable fantasy player in Oakland right now. Boy, he has not been able to get going over the last couple of weeks. What did you see in that game? I just think it's, it's, it's the lack of not getting him involved early enough. And also the problem is, even when they do want to get him involved, their defense is so bad is that their offense is forced to try to play catch up. So it really, they really, they really lack the, I wouldn't say the opportunity, but it's hard for their offense to find a rhythm. So you're saying, and because they're, 
So Twitter. you're saying so you're saying that the Raiders could have used a guy like Khalil Mack? <laughs> no question, man. I mean, that goes that goes without saying. But um, they really do need Khalil Mack, um, and I, I just think he's that type of player that not only will he upgrade your defense, but he will upgrade everybody else' potential to be able to make plays. And you don't find a lot of players like that. Um, they come around maybe once every ten to fifteen years. Well, let's talk about your, your fantasy lineup because uh, you you actually won. Uh, I, I saw you. You, uh, you I know you're abroad. You're, you're busy doing stuff. You forgot to bench Devonte Freeman, but you figured out a way to win anyway. Um, you're, I look at your wide receivers, and I'm you know between AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, you know, what was it about? What, what made you go with Tyler Boyd? Because he was a guy that not a lot of people talked about at the start of the year. What what have you seen in Tyler Boyd that got you excited about him? Well, um, I mean he's. I can't remember the records that he set in the ACC coming from Pitt, but he's a baller. And one of the things that I do know is I cover college football too as well. So I get a chance to see guys in their natural state and see how they can perform once other players are around them. And um, for me, just, you know, what made me really pick him was understanding that Andy Dalton is consistently getting better. And I know that teams tried to take away A.J. Green, but when I saw the opportunity that he was there and knowing that they would continue to throw the ball as much as they as they do, I was like, this is a no-brainer because I know he can sneak in and give me quality points when one of my guys will be out. But, hell, he, he ended up being one of my starters. Yeah, he was great. Great matchup, too, against the Steelers, who just can't stop slot receivers. I noticed on your roster that you have two very good quarterbacks. You have the GOAT, Tom Brady, and you have Cam Newton, who's not the GOAT, but he's pretty good. This week, both quarterbacks have really tough matchups. Cam is on the road against the Eagles, while Brady is on the road against the Bears, who just got Brock Osweilerd. Which of those quarterbacks will you start in Week 7? I don't know. I, I got to go through my process and really look at my homework, but uh, I have a tendency to look at the defenses that they're facing. Uh, you said Cam is facing. Who was Cam facing? He's against? on the road against the Eagles, and they are very tough on quarterbacks at home. Yeah, so um, that definitely point noted. <laughs> uh, you know, the one thing I can say about Tom Brady. I don't care what may happen. Mm -hmm. He will always give you – he's going to give you at least 15 points. I don't care how it comes about. He's just going to find a way to give it to you. You know, you – I mean, you played in Buffalo for a number of years, so that means you ran across Tom Brady usually twice a year. I mean, having played against him and watching him now, how much longer do you think he can play in this league? Uh, I, I just think it's really maybe – Brady, from what he's accomplished and knowing how he wants his body of work to go, I truly just think Brady will probably play maybe three more years from at this point. Wow. That's what I think. Wow. I, I think he has that ability because you look, I mean, don't look at can Brady still play at this level, what he's playing at now or even in previous years. I look at the talent level of quarterbacks that's playing now, and some shouldn't even be playing. And, you know, really, Brady probably could play up to maybe five more years. You know, he's, he's just that good, especially with his decision-making. 
Wow. Yeah, that, that would be amazing to watch considering how well he's playing. Hey, Takia, we appreciate the time. I know you are off on the road on your way to Switzerland. So uh, we'll let you go. Appreciate it. Enjoy the trip. And uh, best of luck the rest of this fantasy season. Thanks, Takia. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Takia Spikes. Former NFL linebacker, 15 season league, and uh, avid fantasy player as well. I love it, man. I love hearing current and former players who are into fantasy football because it is, and no matter what some people might think, fantasy football has just done so much good for the NFL, its popularity, and uh, not only its popularity here in the United States, but abroad as well. Absolutely. So thanks again to Takeo Spikes for jumping in and chatting with us for a little bit. Uh, you know, the trade deadline is coming. I believe it is, what, just after week eight, I think, is uh, when, the, when the trade deadline comes. We still have a couple of weeks, but you're starting to hear more names and more rumors and, and those sorts of things popping up a little bit. And uh, our pal Chris Wessling from around the NFL wrote up an article on NFL.com. You can go check it out. Yeah, saying, buddy. Listing the top 10 trade candidates as we hit the deadline. Now, obviously, uh, for them, not all of them are offensive candidates. There are some defensive guys on there. But for us, we're going to look at the guys on the offensive side of the ball, obviously, and uh, pull out some names and, and kind of talk about where they could go that could potentially help their fantasy values uh, this year and beyond. And even some guys that, that aren't necessarily on Wes's list that, uh, that could make an impact. But the first one, obviously is Le'Veon Bell. He's still, you know, as of the time we recorded this, has not shown up to the team facility in Pittsburgh. I personally had my own doubts as to whether or not uh, he was actually coming back in week seven. I know that was a report that was floating around that kind of got the internet all in a tizzy for, uh, for a few days. I will say that, you know, me being the skeptic that I am was not quick to buy into it. And, we'll, you know, it remains to be seen. We'll see when he shows up, if he shows up. Uh, if he shows up before week 10, what have you. But in the meantime, he is still not playing football. So I went through and I looked at some places that could possibly make a deal for Lev Bell. They're the obvious complications because there are salary concerns and, and you know whether or not they can re-sign him afterwards for however much money he would want to stick around wherever. But I came up with four teams, the Texans, the Titans, the 49ers, and the Colts. Uh, they all have they all have like good salary cap space. They all have running back situations that you know could stand to be upgraded a little bit. Um, and I think that you know, if you are the uh, the Steelers, for instance, you're also they're also not in your division, so you don't have to worry about running into Le'Veon Bell uh, twice a year. So I, I don't know. I mean, any one of those four teams really floats your boat for Lev to go and maybe prosper somewhere. I mean, Indy would. Uh, you don't mention Philadelphia, but Philadelphia would as well. Right. I think those are the only two teams, um, you know, Houston, uh, they're, they're a bit of a mess right now. Um, Tennessee, I don't want Lev Bell going to Tennessee. That That's a dumpster fire. And San Francisco's got, well, for this season, at least you got C.J. Beathard. So uh, I, I like the matchup between him and Kyle Shanahan and that offense because he's a pass catching running back. But um, not for this season. Now, just to go back to the situation with Bell and whether or not he's going to report, Nobody knows if you can report. Knows. And so I was talking earlier to Aditi Kikimbwala, who uh, is one of our great NFL Network reporters, and she focuses a lot on the Steelers. And what she told me was that no one knows if he's going to come in this week or not. And as of right now, at 1130 Pacific time on Monday, it's Monday, right? I don't even know what it, it is, is Monday, anymore. Yeah. Uh, he's not there. And Aditi talked to one of his teammates, and the teammate said that he thinks that maybe Le'Veon won't show up until Friday, because it's so 
uncomfortable the whole situation right now that he might just wait until the end of the week this way he doesn't have to deal with the locker room situation for four days uh he'll go in on friday but that's just a guess and that's just assuming that he is coming back this week because as aditi told me quote literally no one has communicated with Le'Veon bell he's communicated with no one on the team no one and apparently lev bell's agent only talks to adam schefter and so until we hear something, and it might be from Adam, it might be from Ian Rappaport, we don't know, no one really knows. And at this point, and I think Ben Roethlisberger, who made a joke that, oh, well, Lev's coming back, so James Connors is done now. And this was, there, there was two things I was worried about. And I made a trade with Dave Damashek in our experts league, and I'll talk about that in a second, and Marcus can say, hey, he got over on me or whatever. But um, the situation here, and I didn't think this would be what we were going to be encountering, but it looks like it's going to happen. James Conner has scored more fantasy points in his first six games this year than Lev Bell did in his first six games last year. And I get it. Bell came back and didn't do much in the first couple of weeks because he didn't have a training camp in a preseason, but still the numbers is the numbers. Okay. And James Conner's a favorite in that locker room. They love him. They love this kid. And so for Bell to come back, assuming he does come back this week or next week, and remember, Pittsburgh has a, has a bye, so he wouldn't come back until week eight against Cleveland. Do you really think that they're going to just give the entire workload back to Le'Veon Bell? I, I, that could be a, a situation where you're, you're kind of screwing things up in your locker room because they love James Conner, and he's balling out. They love James Conner because James Conner is there. And right, I mean, let, right. Let, let, let's 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 not get it twisted. But I mean, Lev Marcus, Bell comes back and he with, looks like Lev Bell again. They love Lev Bell again with everything that he's gone through and the way that he is has embraced this role and he's balling out. I mean, this guy has looked great the last couple of weeks. I don't know that Le'Veon Bell now comes in and becomes the featured back once again. I mean, that could be an issue with the locker room. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. Maybe Lev runs for 100 yards and boom, you know, everything is forgiven. I don't know. But here's my situation and why I decided to trade Le'Veon Bell. I get so many tweets from people. What do I do with Bell? I'm tired of him sitting on my on my roster. I can't use him. I can't put him in an injured reserve spot. He's just eating away space on my roster, and I need it. There's a lot of good free agents out there. So here's the deal that I made with Damashek. And a lot of people on Twitter thought I was crazy, which is fine, because, well, maybe I am crazy. We'll see. But... I got tired of the whole Bell situation. I have James Conner on that team, so I decided to trade Le'Veon Bell and Kenny Galladay to get back Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook. And I'm glad Dalvin Cook didn't play this week because I want him to be 100% when he comes back because when he comes back and he's at full strength, he's going to ball. Right, and so I'd wait, be wait, trying... Let me write this down. Though. He says, so he goes Bell and Galladay. Bell and Galladay, and I got back Fournette and Dalvin Cook. It was a risky trade for both of us. Right. So here's my thought process here, okay? With Dalvin, get him back to 100%. I'd try to buy low on him right now everywhere I could because the Vikings need him, all right? I mean, they ran the ball against the Cardinals, but everyone runs the ball against the Cardinals. Dalvin Cook is a difference maker in that offense. And when he's 100%, he's going to put up some numbers. Leonard Fournette, don't know when he's coming back. Could be this week, could be next. We're not sure. Could be week 10. We're not sure. But when Fournette comes back, I assume he's going to be 100%. And at that point, I've got a backfield of Fournette and Dalvin Cook for the stretch run. Here's my issue with Le'Veon Bell, okay? Number one, we don't know when he's coming back. Maybe he comes back this week. Maybe he doesn't. He comes in, assuming he's back for week eight. He's playing against the Browns. Okay, last time uh, he came back after a holdout, and this was a short holdout last year, he came back, played the Browns, and they held him the next to nothing. 
Then he's got to go to Baltimore the following week. And Baltimore's defense is nails right now. It's good. Then he comes back home to play Carolina, and Carolina's defense ain't bad. I mean, you know, it's not the Bucks. Then he's got to go to Jacksonville. And Jacksonville's defense, I get it. You know, they didn't play well yesterday against the Cowboys, and Zeke ran all over them. But that was on the road. You know, home and road, guys, there's a big difference sometimes. So, Lev doesn't even get his good first matchup until week 12. Okay, not that you're sitting him, but he doesn't get his first good matchup in week 12. And that assumes, Marcus, that he's not sharing the workload with James Conner. I just wanted to get rid of rid of the headache. I, I really did. And I took a risk. I have Latavius Murray in this league, too, so I'm fine at, at the running back position as it pertains to Dalvin Cook. But I'm tired of the situation. And a couple of things that people who I talked to about this trade said to me, who's to say that Le'Veon Bell doesn't come back? I'm hurt. You know what? I'm back. I'm hurt, though. I mean, I- and you know what? He could get hurt because he didn't play football in a long time. And suddenly, Lev Bell's out of action. He's going to accrue his time. He's going to be a free agent next season. Boom. I mean, a lot of risk. So this was always sort of in the range of possibilities when, when you drafted Lev Bell. Because, I mean, you know, obviously, we, we, we knew before the season that the, the holdout was, was, a, a, you know, was a thing that was going to happen. Now, didn't you know, know it was going to be this long. Don't, didn't <laughs> think we knew it was going to be week 10. Mm-hmm. But. You know, we always knew that there was a possibility. And then I think once we got a couple of weeks into the season and this story about week 10 came out, then suddenly I think he really had to buckle up. And, and you know, I go back to what you said at the beginning. No one no one knows. And, and any report you see out there uh, or any any speculation, I should say, that you see out there that says, you know, I know that Love Bell is going to do this and that. That person is lying to you. Like unless it is Le'Veon Bell or his agent, that person is either lying to you or, or just trying to throw darts at the wall to figure things out. So you are kind of in a situation where you're sort of stuck here. And I mean, looking at this deal, I mean, one, it, it sort of makes me laugh because there's a whole heap and helping of uncertainty here. Yeah, I mean, it's a total both, risk on, on both, both sides. On both yep. sides, right? I mean, like, it's funny because of the four players, the only guy who's actually on the field know, regularly is Kimmy Gallagher. I know, I know. This, yeah, for me, this was a, I'm expecting at least by week 10, uh, assuming I'm still in the race for the playoffs, to have a backfield of Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette. And I'll have James Conner also uh, potentially as a flex starter, depending on what happens with Lev Bell. I mean, if you've got Le'Veon Bell, I, I, I understand if you want to try to trade him. Just know, like, if you're trying to trade him to me, I'm not going to give you a whole lot of – I'm not going to get like, – the fact that you got Damashek to give you Fournette and Dalvin Cook, either he doesn't think much of Leonard Fournette – Yeah. Um, or, or you fleeced him. I'm not quite sure which at this point. Because um, it's just... But see, most of the people no on Twitter were, were, you know, crapping on me saying that I'm stupid for if making this trade. If there's one thing I've learned about putting out trades on Twitter... I know. Half, half the people will tell you that you got... You, you want it. I know. Half I the people will tell you that you got killed yep. in it. Yep. So, yep. you know... Twitter's no help. Yep. I'm, I'm, I know you guys... I know you're listening, Twitter. You're no help. Yeah. All right? Um, so... You know, right now, I mean, I'm still I'm still looking at the situation. And I say this as somebody who doesn't have Le'Veon Bell on any of my teams, but I'm looking at the situation as buckle up and get ready for week 10. I mean, and so, like, if you have if you've ridden it out this long, you know, keep 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 riding it out. Keep waiting, because I just don't I don't see him coming back until week 10. I don't know why he comes back this week. I don't know why he comes back in week eight all of a sudden. I mean, you know, if he really is dug in on this and he's doing it for the principle 
you know, he's already missed however many game checks. You know, I know people on Twitter keep running this, 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 this weekly tally of how much he's missed. By the way, it ain't your money. Stop worrying about it. Don't worry about him. He's, he's doing what he's going to do. Don't try to figure it out. But he's missed this many game checks. What's a couple more until week 10? So mm-hmm. you're, you're sort of stuck. I, don't, I, I wish I had a better – I wish I had some better advice for you. Sorry about your luck. Uh, you rolled the dice, and you came up snake eyes this year. So hopefully the idea is that he gets traded to somewhere where he's going to get a boatload of touches. Because I do think that when he comes back, James Conner's not going away. And then, you know, maybe, maybe Lev is kind of the lead back there, but I don't see that he's going to go in and just, you know, because right now with, with Conner, um, he's getting, what, like 95% of the snaps yeah, or something dude. ridiculous yeah, like that. I don't, I don't see that happening for Le'Veon Bell. But, you know, which basically means if you've got two running backs there, I don't know. You know we'll see if there's enough, enough volume for both those guys mm-hmm. to be successful. But I think you're going to end up having sort of half a running back in, in, in both cases, and it's going to be frustrating. I don't know. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, speaking of frustrating, yeah. uh, he actually, you know what, he's, he's starting at the ball the last two weeks. I know, but he's, his ceiling is 12 points. And, and so, but I'm wondering, so is this, are they giving him the ball because they've realized, hey, this guy's actually good, so let's do something? Or are they giving him the ball to showcase him? Because, you know, there was talk, especially for a few days, that maybe... Maybe he comes back to Philadelphia. Let him go to Philly, dude. Maybe Let him go to Philly. To I know. I know what it was. Corey Clement that basically was like, "Yeah, we don't need anybody else here." You know, and you know, credit to Clement because he went out and, and had a pretty good game against He's the Giants yep. on Thursday night. Uh, but he was basically like, "Yeah, we don't need anybody." But you know, I don't know that that I don't know that the Eagles front office cares about that. They may try and, and add Lashawn McCoy because he would be a big help to that offense. Yeah, he would, and, and that would be a great landing spot for his fantasy potential as well. Um, you know. Again, this it would be so much fun if we could pull off these trades and, and have these things come through for us. Um, I remember was was the was the Clinton Porters for Champ Bailey trade was that that was preseason, right? Was that preseason or was that in season? I don't remember, but these fun in season trade talks that, and rumors that we have is the one thing that we that we don't have in the NFL. Typically, it would be a lot of fun if we saw LaShawn McCoy, you know, go back to Philadelphia. From a fantasy perspective, it would be tremendous. And then we'd be talking about Chris Ivory. How about that, right? But um, the, the one the one that, that jumped out at me uh, that I saw on social media this weekend, and Jay Glazer, who's, dude, he's one of the best, was the Amari Cooper one. Well, about, Now that, I, I could see, the, hell, if John Gruden will trade Khalil Mack. The Raiders are in tank mode. Right I mean, now. yeah, dude. They're in tank mode, yeah. and, and there's certainly some talk, especially with the Raiders having a bye this week. That everybody's on the block. I mean, Amari Cooper, there's talk Derek Carr could be on the trading block this week. I mean, I don't think anybody there is safe. I mean, except maybe what, you know, Marshawn Lynch? I, I guess um, so. I don't Marshawn know. Lynch, maybe Jordy Nell. Like, I, if, you know what, here's the thing Raider fans are still sort of trying to rally around this team and trying to, you know, trying to, especially folks in the Bay Area, trying to like support this team as they get ready to leave Oakland. Mm-hmm. If they deal Marshawn Lynch, if they deal Oakland's favorite son, I think it's over. I think the love affair is over. At that point. <laughs> I just do. I just think, you know, I hear it is like, this is the, this is like the one thing that Raider fan can kind of hold on to and kind of rally around. And I think even for Marshawn, I think if he gets traded, he might just retire. I mean, the only reason I think he came back was for a chance to play for his hometown team. And I think if they ship him out somewhere, we may see no more Marshawn Lynch. I think what little love that the fan base still has for John Gruden right now, because it's, I know it's rough. Um, I think that goes away. So I think he's one of the guys who's safe, but Amari Cooper, 
I'm trying to. I mean, there's got to be somewhere that Amari Cooper can go. Dallas. Yeah, and the, when you talk about a wide receiver getting traded someplace, the first I mean, the thing first I thing think is of is Dallas. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, but like, I mean, our, our Alan Hearns, I love you, but our wide receiver is just not getting the job done. I mean, He's not doing it. I can't think of anywhere else that he could go because I, I think, you know, I mean, obviously there there are targets to be had. There's opportunity to, to be had in Dallas. Um, I mean, I mean, could he fit in Arizona? I don't know that he fits in Arizona with that offense right yeah. now. Um, and I'm just trying to think of other places that, that he could go and be a fit. I mean, I guess there's, there's talent there, right? There was coming out of Alabama. He just has never shown it. He has not had a consistent breakout season. Even this year, John Gruden said that Amari Cooper was supposed to be a big part of the offense. And now, you know, as of last week, before last week's game, uh, it seemed like the blame had shifted and, and John Gruden saying, well, Amari's not getting open. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know who to believe. I don't know what to think. I don't, you know, I don't. I don't know who's at fault here. But the, the the fact of the matter is, Amari Cooper, fantasy wise, is unusable right now. As, as all he says in this offense, he's just unusable. Yeah, and and obviously, you know, uh, we hope that he he he's okay after yesterday uh, suffering suffering the injury, but. You just can't trust him. You can't trust him. There's not a radiator to trust. You can't even trust Marshawn anymore. He had a good start to the season. His last two games have been absolute stink bombs. Uh, they're going into the bye week. We'll see what happens. But at this point, there are no Raiders that you can trust. And by the way, Jared Cook, thanks for nothing. Thanks for ending up being the guy that we all thought you were the last couple of weeks. I'm pounding the table over here. He's had two good games all year, and I get it. He's seen a lot of targets and everything else. It's still Jared freaking Cook. This is what he does to us every single time he starts to get hot. We start to think, ooh, Marcus, it's Jared Cook. He's starting to play good. I could play him on my fantasy team every week. Nah. Yeah, but He came back to earth. But after the bye, his next two games are Indy and San Francisco. Don't buy it. Don't do it. I mean, don't do it. I know the matchups are good, but the matchups haven't been bad. And he, had, uh, I don't know. The Seahawks game was tough. The week before, a good matchup couldn't get anything done. Uh, you know, I look. I, I, he's still the he's still the tight end four. And, I know, but it's on and, two games. And in a world, well, we, we've had six weeks already. It's been on two games. I mean, yeah, but if you look at it, like Rob Gronkowski's given you maybe two games. I mean, like, you know, you, you go down the list of guys. Gronk, I mean, Gronk has given you two games. Austin Hooper but, has but given you Gronk, two games. But Jimmy Graham hasn't given you one game yet. I mean, Jimmy Graham's barely done anything for I'd you. I'd still rather point. have Jimmy Graham. I mean, Graham. so, like, I know you're knocking it. It's only two games, but, you know, fine. We how are many, also talking how many about. Non, how many non-Kelsey, Ertz, Ebron. But we are also talking. Tight end yeah, have given you two games. We're talking about the worst and the thinnest position in fantasy right. football history right so, now. So, like, the fact that you're but pulling the shoot on a dude because he I'm only done. gave you two games. Give me, like, give me CJ Uzama. I'm not using He hasn't even given you anymore. one game. You had a good game this past and week. He had ah, I guess he's giving you a ah game. Like, you're well, pulling, because he's only played two games where he's been the featured tight end. I mean, so you're, you're pulling the shoot on a dude because he only gave you two games. Like, I'm done with not, him. There's not a lot of guys out there. Hey, man, some, two games sometimes you got to know when to get out of things, man. And I, I'm, I'm getting out of the Jared Cook business. If I could trade him, I'd trade him. All right. That, um, that Raiders offense is, is starting to turn into the dumpster fire we thought it was always going to be. Yeah, but they're going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to throw the ball so much because their defense uh, is so yeah, bad. I know, but they had to throw the ball a lot against the Seahawks, and they did diddly yeah, stuff. That means just that just means don't start Derek Carr, Nothing. but it doesn't mean you can't start Jared Cook. Um, some other name, Demarius Thomas is an interesting name on this list because he's been so hard to figure out in Denver. Um, yeah, 
you know, like last week he got you got you some garbage time. He's points. had two pretty good games in a row, and it was based on on garbage time, yes. right? I mean, yeah. he had uh, he ended up catching a touchdown in late. Um, uh, on Sunday against the Rams, only had 57 yards. I mean, the thing about Demarius Thomas is that he had okay, he had the 100-yard game two weeks ago against the Jets, and as I mentioned, like 40 of those, he had a 42-yard touchdown late in that game, mm-hmm. which got him there. Other than that, it's a struggle for Demarius Thomas to get above 70 yards receiving. And if he doesn't score you a touchdown, then there's just there's nothing there. Yep. He's another one. The Dallas the Dallas Cowboys are an option. But the Tennessee Titans may be an option. I mean, it's not its not a vertical passing game that they're running there in Tennessee, right? I mean, part of what made Demarius so successful for all those years in Denver, uh, even when he was playing with Peyton Manning, was that Demarius Thomas would take a bubble screen and get upfield with it. Now, I don't know if maybe, you know, is it that he's lost a step? Is it that the offense is different? Is it that they can't get it to him in, in the right situation? But... The Titans seem like that team that's going to thrive with some of those underneath intermediate throws. Let him get out in space and let him make plays. And they don't really have a number one. You know, Corey Davis is is nice, but he's obviously shown that he's not ready to one game. He's not ready to to carry this offense, to carry this passing game on his back. He's not that guy just yet. Um, You know, I mean, Taewon Taylor, Tajay Sharp. I mean, there's nobody there to really assert themselves in the passing game, Demarius Thomas could be a, a sneaky option in Tennessee. And think about this. If he goes, oh, Corlett and Sutton. Oh, I mean, I, you know, he's not putting up great numbers, but he's shown enough for me to consider him a potential breakout candidate in 2019. I can promise you that right now, even with Case Keenum throwing him the football. So, yeah, that would be a win win. Cortland Sutton definitely, I think, has has a lot of long term upside yep. there. Um, you know, and, and look, that was the reason partially that you know Emmanuel Sanders has moved more to the slot this year is because they like Cortland Sutton mm-hmm. uh, working as an outside receiver there. I, yeah. So I put Devonte Parker on this list. I don't. Do we really have to talk? I don't want to talk about. Nope. Devontae Parker. Pass. All right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Devin Coleman, which I thought was an interesting one that that Wes wrote up in his in his article. Well, because isn't he's a free agent in 2019, and Ito Smith is kind of Ito Smith is right. kind of like is stepping yeah. up and playing well. Yeah. But because Devin Coleman, I mean, this was the guy that when he was drafted a few years ago. Remember, we talked about that he was going to make Devontae Freeman obsolete, right? Because Devontae Freeman wasn't drafted by the previous regime. You know that that he was going to be Kyle Shanahan's guy in the offense, and, and he was really going to take over and. Look, to his credit, Tevin Coleman has played well when he's had his opportunities. It's just that Devontae Freeman has been a little bit better, and he's Mm -hmm. been the number one running back there. But I looked at Tevin Coleman, and I thought the first place I thought was Tevin Coleman in Tampa could be a lot of fun. I mean, you know, Peyton Barber is Peyton Barber. Ronald Jones, maybe he has a future. I don't know. But right now, it's just not working because he's still got a lot of things to learn about that offense. In the meantime, Tevin Coleman can come in. He can kind of be the best of both worlds. We know he can catch the ball and be a nice pass catcher out of the backfield. We know that he can kind of run between the tackles. He's done that when Devontae Freeman hasn't been there. He can be that straight-ahead actual running back. The Bucs, I mean... I don't know. I, I don't know what I don't know what Jameis Winston is. I think he's just an average quarterback right now. But we know they've got good receivers. They've got two decent tight ends. They get that running back in there, and suddenly this offense maybe goes next level. Could be, and and it's it's great for fantasy purposes too because the offense is going to throw the ball a ton because the defense can't stop anybody. So the Buccaneers have become very fantasy friendly on both sides. Their defenses they're giving up a lot of points. That is happening offensively. They're having to throw the football. They're scoring a lot of points because the defense can't stop anybody. Yeah. So I had Tampa. I also had Houston on the list because. 
you know, and you know, I, when I wrote this, I actually sort of forgot. I, you know, I, it's been so long since we've seen Dante Foreman. I kind of forgot. Yeah, well, that. he was one of the guys I was going to mention on, on the waiver wire uh, spot here too, and maybe we could talk about him right now. Not sure when he's coming back. Could be in the next couple of weeks. I mean, Lamar Miller, after a decent start, has not been getting the job done. You're seen not Alfred Blue. You're not right. You're, I mean, let's let's be honest here. I mean, Alfred Blue is not going to be your featured back. So, Foreman, who's coming off a very tough injury to return from that Achilles. I mean, if he's back to 100%, he showed some flashes as a rookie. He did. Um, it's been so long. I literally kind of forgot about him that, that he was a thing there because I was like, yeah, Tevin Coleman in Houston could be interesting. But, you know, it, it, who knows? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what. And then Amir Abdullah. I really struggled with where Amir Abdullah can go because there's nowhere he can get. He's not going to be a featured back anywhere, right? His best case scenario is to be a satellite back, you know, a guy who who catches the ball out of the backfield. But it did make me think Minnesota could be an interesting spot for him. Um, You know, Dalvin Cook eventually, I think, will get healthy and, and go back to being the prime back there. But... Amir Abdullah could be an interesting change of pace in that offense. Just one more kind of outlet for Kirk Cousins to get the ball to and a guy that, you know, you can kind of move around as a Swiss Army knife, move around the formation and have him do some interesting things. Again, I don't know that that it's enough to, you know, like I said, he won't be a featured back. But in an offense that moves the ball and scores points, I don't know, maybe he is Tevin Coleman light sort of in Minnesota. You know, I'm listening to you. <laughs> I'm trying to talk myself into and it. And you're trying to talk yourself into it, and I'm not buying what you're selling, I'm my trying, friend. I'm, I'm trying not to buying talk, what you're selling. <laughs> I am. I'm trying to talk myself into it because I looked at that, and I'm like, Amir Abdul, like, I just don't know where where he would go that, that he could be necessarily great. Uh, last one I had on this list was Jordan Howard. And this is another one that I looked around, and I'm trying to figure out where Jordan Howard could go that would enhance his value more than it is now. And I came to the conclusion that, like, He's a guy who's just stay put. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know that there's a better situation for Jordan Howard than what he will have in Chicago. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, he, after that first week, he hasn't been the pass catcher. You know, he, he caught a lot of passes the first week, and I thought, oh, man, this is a new Jordan Howard. It's going to be great. And really, since then, it hasn't really happened. And yeah. there aren't, there just aren't, there aren't a lot of teams that are in the market right now for, you know, a two down straight pure runner like just offenses just don't work like that anymore so i think i think staying in chicago is probably the best thing for him yeah and hopefully you know we talked about this on uh the tv side and uh maurice jones drew said that you know joho is going to be the guy that they're going to get the football to when it gets cold i hope so because right now his fantasy points have gone cold and Tariq cohen has been a far better ppr producer uh than and even standard league producer uh than jordan howard and jordan howard and I know this because I've put him in stardom and sit him because he's had some really good matchups the last couple of weeks, and he has not exploited either one of them. No, that's either one of them. That's been frustrating. Uh, just quick note here: um, we're hearing on social media that uh, Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison are likely to be inactive for the Niners game. So if you're listening to us before the game, you're going with Marquez, MVS, Marquez, Scantling. Does that mean we get ESB too? I just like yeah. Like, I feel like you know. MVS, it's like, it's very spicy. Please let this be an error. MVS, ESB. I'm, 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 I want to will it. I want to will it. Can we will it to be? I want to will this. We, I, it's, it's like in, uh, I don't know, remember which of the lethal weapons it was, but Mel Gibson was like drowning underwater and he willed that, uh, that uh, Murtaugh would hear him and he came down and saved him. You willed it to me, baby. You willed it to me, baby. 
You don't remember that? I, I just, you don't remember that? I don't know. I just think when you said willing it to happen, that's what that's what first came to my mind was lethal weapon. That's how my brain works. I just, I just, I'm trying to will a Jimmy Graham game in here somewhere. That's all. <laughs> that's all I really want. So, uh, anyway, so those are some of our, our top trade conundrums right now. Some guys that could be moving and where we'd like to see them go. You know, it'll be some. It'll be fun to to keep an eye on. Plus, if you want to read the whole article, uh, go check it out. Wes and, and the ATN guys always do great work. So you can go find yep. that at uh, at NFL.com. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Plus, with a simple and intuitive design that presents data in an easy-to-digest way, it's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. All it takes is four taps on your smartphone to place a trade. Not to mention, Robinhood lets you discover new stocks and track favorite companies with a personalized news feed. And, unlike other brokerages, there's no commission fee, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at live.robinhood.com. That's live.robinhood.com. All right, something new this week. Uh, Looking at some guys who were, as I would say, ungood uh, the mm-hmm. past week and trying to figure out what happened. This is this is this is your brainchild here, Fabs, right? That's yeah, man. A, that's because a stinker. I always come up with the the stinker, the, and and there were a bunch of them this week, but I've whittled it down to six stinkers. And Marcus is going to tell you whether or not you should play them next week, despite their well odor, right? Or if it's time to trade or cut them. And I'm going to start off. With Jared Goff. This guy stinks. Obviously, you're not trading him. Obviously, you're not cutting him. The guy's been pretty good. Uh, but his last two games, eh, you know, kind of stunk a little bit. 7.4 fantasy points against the Broncos. He's going up against the Niners coming up. I think I know where you're going here, Marcus. Yeah, you're starting Jared Goff again. I mean, yeah, last week was not great. It was a kind of a hiccup. Like, you know what? It's in basketball, they call it a heat check, right? Like, everything's going well. Um, you know, when, when any, basically any non Steph Curry type shooter is getting hot and then you launch one from like most of the way to half court just to see how hot you really are. And, you know, maybe it goes in and things are great. Mm, Generally it doesn't. So I thought last week, I think for fantasy managers was kind of a Jared Goff heat check. He had been so good. And I thought even on the road against the Broncos, it'll be cold and maybe snowy, whatever. I'll start Jared Goff. Yeah, it didn't quite work. Actually, you know what? So I, I meant to put him in my lineup, and at the last minute, I got a change of heart, and I went with Kirk Cousins instead. And Cousins wasn't great, but he had the rushing touchdown. Yes, which he, helped you. He wasn't great, but he was better than Goff, so yes. that sort of that sort of worked out. But right. next week against the Niners, I start him. Yeah, uh, let's stick with the quarterback position. And that odor that you saw coming from uh, Houston's offense was Deshaun Watson. He stinks. 5.3 fantasy points. A guy that most people were starting uh, against the Bills, whose defense is actually underrated. Yep. Uh, but Watson's got the Jaguars coming up on the road. Marcus Grant, is Watson in your lineup in week seven? I can't do it next week. Wow. I can't. You know, and so what's what's been kind of amazing about Deshaun Watson is that fantasy-wise, he's been putting up really good numbers despite the fact that Houston's offense as a whole hasn't really done much of anything. I mean, offensively, I, I mean, I tweeted this, that if you're a defense, your strategy against the Texans is just to let them get inside the five-yard line and then watch them throw up on their shoes. That's kind of <laughs> how it has been working. I mean, and the other part of it is Watson is throwing way more picks. And we knew this. I mean, this was the, this was the fear coming into the season. 
but he was going to throw a lot more interceptions. He has had at least one in every game. He had two on Sunday. Uh, and then on top of it, what really hurt was 177 passing yards. I think he fumbled once. Uh, he was sacked a bunch of times, which the, the offensive line is really struggling to uh, really struggling to just move the ball consistently. So, yeah, this is a week, especially with the Jaguars getting embarrassed last week against the Cowboys. National get, TV game, too. That to was the Nance home. Romo game. Yeah, they get to come back home. I I cannot. I just I, I can't do it this week with Deshaun Watson. And, you know, who knows? I may be proven wrong. I mean, you know, coming back next Monday with egg on my face. But right now, I think I'm looking for another option. Mm, all right. Running back position. We've talked about him already a couple of times. Jordan Howard. 4.9 PPR points. That's a stinker. Had that bad fumble. Tariq Cohen is lapping him in fantasy points the last two games. He's got the Patriots at home. What are you doing? <sighs> I think I'm starting Jordan Howard, but I'm not liking it. Like, I'm not excited about it. Um, Nor should you be. Yeah, I mean, just the, the matchup's not great. Howard has not played great. Um, but he is still, in theory, the primary back. He is the lead back there in Chicago, and, and he's going to get most of the snaps, and he's going to get at least a good portion of the running back touches. And, you know, I still think there's there's always sort of that, that decent-sized game coming. And here's the thing. Like, last week yeah, against the Dolphins, yeah, the numbers weren't great. He had a fumble, which wasn't good. If he scores a touchdown, it sort of changes the complexion of his day. At least he gets you to double digits uh, a little bit. So... I'm not excited about it, but I do think I play Jordan Howard. All right, next player, and this one hurts, Royce Freeman. This guy stinks. Who I absolutely loved coming into the season, and he's been a stinker almost every single week. His last two games, he has failed to score a combined 10 PPR points, 2.2 against the Rams. Phillip Lindsay is now the guy in Denver, but Thursday night football, Marcus Grant against the Arizona Cardinals. Four teams on a bye. Are you starting Royce Freeman? Are you going to let him stink in the trash? Yeah, no, nah, I'm not starting. Wahoo! I'm not starting because there just there just aren't enough touches for him in this offense right now. And maybe, I mean, look, the, the, the Cardinals' run defense is not good, right? It's they, terrible. They were, they were gashed by Latavius Murray on Sunday. Um, and so, I mean, that, that should be encouraging. But, you know, you... I don't know. I would, I would need a pledge from Vance Joseph that that Royce Freeman is going to get more than, you know, eight or nine touches in the game. Like, I can't I can't live with him just getting nine carries and hoping that he does something big with that when I could find somebody else either on my bench or on the waiver wire that is probably going to get more opportunity. Uh, on any given week, even with four teams on a bye. I mean, this has been obviously Philip Lindsay's backfield for the most part, but seeing a lot of Devontae Booker, too. Yep. I mean, he's getting so much work that I, I can't do it this week. Hot free agent this week. You cutting Freeman? Uh, yeah, probably. I, I cut him in our league. Yeah, I, I mean. And, it hurt and, to and hit thing. submit, but I had to do it. And I, I would guess he's going to sit there for a while. No, somebody already picked him up oh, and started him. Wow, look at that. And it uh, didn't work out too well. See, look at that. Uh, <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald. He stinks. Who, I mean, we haven't talked about him much, but he's been one of the biggest busts in fantasy football this season. And I hate to say it because I love Larry Fitz. I love watching him play. He's not getting the opportunities. He has been an absolute stink bomb so far. Thursday night football against the Broncos. Are you starting him? And should you consider cutting him? Uh, I'm not starting him. And... (sighs) Maybe I mean maybe it's sentimentality that says I shouldn't cut him. Like maybe it is. Maybe it's just all the all the good times we've had together 
all the all the love, all the fun. That it's the nostalgia. Together. It really is the nostalgia because I think, and I said this, I think a couple weeks ago. Um, if you took the name off the back of the jersey, he's he's dropped. And yeah. He, oh, know, dude, there's no doubt about it. If you took the name off the back of the jersey, if it was just you know whatever, uh, just you know wide receiver Jones. Um, you're cutting him. You put him. You put him on the waiver wire. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the la- his last five games combined has 139 receiving yards. Yeah, combined. He had a game yep. with two catches for nine yards against the Bears. Yep. Like, there's no way. There's no way I can start him against the Denver Broncos. And you know, you've got you got Josh Rosen, and who I think I think Josh Rosen has a nice future ahead of him, but. Teams are just bringing the house. They're bringing so much pressure on Rosen and forcing him to make quick decisions and get the ball out. And more often than not, Josh Rosen is that guy who's just like, F it, I'm going deep. So like when things get crazy, yep. he's not looking for Larry Fitzgerald. He's looking down the field for Christian Kirk, mm-hmm. for Ricky Seals-Jones. So I'm definitely not playing him. And now I've, I've pretty much just talked myself into putting him on waivers. Too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, hurts. last last one, and I'm going to switch it up here. Um, this wide receiver started the season 13 points, 19 points, 13 points, 20 points, 9 points. And this past weekend, 4.8 points. That's a stinker. I'm talking about John Brown, who Michael Crabtree uh, basically, well, people who started Brown and benched Crabtree were not real happy because Crabtree finally did what we all thought he was going to do more often in Baltimore and that's give us a boatload of fantasy points right Brown's got the Saints in Baltimore this week good matchup do you trust John Brown yeah I do I still believe in Smokey I mean he's he's been really good yeah and you know obviously Sunday Sunday was the Michael Crabtree day and you know sometimes that happens and you know whatever but um, I still believe in Brown and forget what we saw from Washington against the Saints, uh, you know, on Monday night a couple weeks ago or last week, I guess. Um, you can you can still beat this defense. You can still beat this defense deep. That's what that's what Brown likes to do. We know that Flacco likes to get the ball downfield. So I, I'm fine with it. I think he bounces back. Um, Sunday was just one of those things that happens. It's fr- it's frustrating, but it's just one of those things that happens. I'm cool with it. There you go. There you go. All right, so those are our stinkers for uh, week six, heading into week seven. Wow, week seven—that's kind of wild. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just, it just it's it crazy, just man. That's wild. Uh, before we finish up, uh, we'll go to our, our waiver wire picks for the week because, uh, again, as we mentioned, four teams on a bye this week, and so you've got some really big names uh, that aren't playing this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see who's a, who are who are teams on a bye. We've got the the Packers. Yep. So that means Steelers. You know, Steelers are on a bye. This Raiders. Week. The Raiders are and on the a bye. Seahawks, the Seahawks. The two London teams. So it means you mean you got you got three really big name quarterbacks. I guess four kind of big name quarterbacks. Uh, you've got some running backs with uh, you know no James Conner. Uh, you know, I don't know. If, do we consider Aaron Jones a big name running back right now? Uh, I don't know. He Marshawn, should be Marshawn Lynch, Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got we've got some. What I'm saying is we got some quality guys. You know, no Antonio Brown or Juju Smith Schuster, no Devontae Adams, nothing mm-hmm. like that. So the waiver wire is going to be important this week. Yep. Um, the first two names talk about running backs: Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood. Both those guys are productive, mm-hmm. and I don't know that there's a clear lead back there necessarily. I mean, Smallwood started, Clement kind of had the slightly better day, but both these guys seem like they're kind of viable, right? Yeah, I like Clement better, um, and he was a guy that we had had talked about picking up last week, um, and Clement uh, came in, had a good game uh, on Thursday Night Football, so he's the target there, but I will say this. When we look at the quarterbacks, 
there are, and, and I mentioned this already, you've got Brady in Chicago, okay, bad matchup. You've got Breeze in Baltimore, that's a bad matchup. You've got Cam Newton in Philadelphia. Look at the numbers. Quarterbacks stink in Philadelphia. Look at the numbers. You've got Deshaun Watson, we talked about him, in Jacksonville. That's a bad matchup. Uh, in London, we've got the Chargers and the Titans. The Titans defense isn't that bad against Phil Rivers. Bad matchup. So you may be looking at the waiver wire and a couple of guys, and listen, do with it what you will, okay? I'm not telling you to, to play any of these guys over Tom Brady. He's Tom Brady, okay? But the matchups are bad. Um, but Andy Dalton is still not owned in enough leagues, and he's playing the Chiefs. Uh, and we talked about that game got moved. So right. you'll be able to watch the Red Rifle maybe accrue some fantasy points for your team on national television. Mitchell Trubisky, two games, nine touchdown passes against the Patriots uh, in Chicago. Guy hasn't looked too bad so far uh, in, in the last couple of weeks. I want to go back. And I'm and not. Watch. A, and I want to go back and watch Trubisky. I, like, yeah, I, can't I mean, I'm out. still like not a total believer in right. him. But I mean, okay. Now this one here, Marcus. Again, if if you tweet me and say you started this guy over Tom Brady or any of the other big name quarterbacks I mentioned, I'm going to block you because I'm not telling you to do that. All I'm telling you is that Eli Manning has a good matchup this week, okay? Look at all the quarterbacks I, that go I to Atlanta. That. Look at all the quarterbacks I, that have gone to Atlanta I and put that. up monster numbers. I looked at Monster that. numbers, and I get it, Eli Manning. Oh, my God. I can't start Eli Manning. No, He's I, terrible. I, I'm starting to do my rankings. For the I get week. it. starting to do my quarterback rankings, and I looked at that, and I'm like, Where do you put him? Uh, Where do you put him? Uh, Eli. I think I – think, Preliminarily, I think I've got him somewhere around like 15. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, so he's had two games with 19 or more points, and then the rest of them all kind of sucked. But, I, I mean, Atlanta's terrible. And you know the Giants are going to be behind in this game. And all he's got to do, and he should do it, throw the damn ball to Odell Beckham Jr. and let him make plays. Okay, enough of that. And I love Saquon Barkley, and I love the dump-offs. Trust me. I have him in a couple of leagues. I'm digging the fantasy points. But, I mean, the Giants got to open this offense up a little bit, and this is a perfect opportunity to do it against a defense that's ravaged by injuries that is getting whipped every single time they get out there. Every single time. Especially at home. I mean, you know, especially at home. We, we keep saying that they should, and I agree that they should, but... They don't. What if they can't? I don't know. I mean, like... What if, I, 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 I know Eddie doesn't want to talk about this. So like, I know. What, I love what, you, Eddie. What, Sorry, buddy. What, what if Eli just can't throw the ball down? For All I'm saying is that... He's got a good matchup. And and Baker Mayfield, who probably isn't available, but you know, maybe he is, he's got a good matchup this week uh, against Tampa Bay. So there there's some lesser quarterbacks with pretty decent matchups. Flacco against Saints. I mean, pretty decent matchup. Right. So these are some of the guys that you could be picking up off the waiver wire. Moving back to the running back position, I, I, I get it. The Colts backfield is a disaster and it's a headache, but Marlon Mack led them in touches. And Jim Irsay, you know, whatever he said about him being 1,500-yard guy. But he, he, he's not a featured back, but he's getting touches. And after Naheem Hines dropped that touchdown pass right in his breadbasket against the Jets, he didn't really do much of anything after that. Uh, we talked about Edo Smith as a waiver wire pickup uh, at the running back position. Frank Gore. Frank Gore's going to live forever. He will not go away. In fact, he's been better than Kenyon Drake in some weeks, and this forever. week was one of them. 35-year-old dude runs for 100 yards. First running back to do that against the Bears this season. Go figure. That's the NFL. But Frank Gore deserves to be on a roster. If you're hurting at the running back position, he's getting the touches. I mean, him and Drake basically splitting touches right down the middle. Donta Freeman. This is sort of a add in the stash kind of guy. See what happens, you know? If Miller can't do it, we don't think Alfred Blue's going to do it. 
maybe Foreman ends up being the guy there uh, for for the Houston Texans at a wide receiver. Right. Albert Wilson is an easy one. Just had a huge game. Right. Easy one. I mean, I don't know that he's doing that again. Right. Probably not. But he's I, had a couple of big games, Mark. He has had a couple of big games. And, you know, I, I, I love I love sounding the bird alert. Right. I love doing that. Whenever, oh, whenever, whenever he makes a big play, love hitting it on Twitter. I love the fact that it's kind of taken off and become a thing of its own, that the bird alert is a thing. But I mean, yeah, he's had some big games. He's like, had two huge games. He had two, and he had he had two long touchdowns, both of which were like three yard passes All him. that he turned. Up. All him. And it's like, yep, that's such a hard way to live. Yep, it is. Like, and I, I, I really do in my heart of hearts want Albert Wilson to be a thing. It's just such a hard way to live, especially because the the Dolphins secondary has been pretty good. Shocking. They're 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 not good against the run, but they're they're pretty good against the pass. So sticking with the wide receiver theme, Taylor Gabriel. He's two Trubisky's guy, man. Two weeks in a two row. Two games now. in a go. He's been his yeah. guy. So, like, you know, and then Alan Robinson had a good game, but I mean, Gabriel's his guy there. Uh, Christian Kirk, we talked about him. There's there there should be no league where Christian Kirk is not owned and Larry Fitzgerald is. They should either both be owned or Fitz should be on the waiver wire. Look at the numbers. Um, here here's a couple of, of tight ends which we all need. Some people may have dropped OJ Howard. Remember, the initial report on him was that he was going to miss several weeks, and some people may have. Sort of rage dropped him. He could be out there potentially. We've talked about Austin Hooper for weeks. He, he shouldn't be out there. Maybe he is. CJ Uzama. Uh, Uzama. Uzama. I, see, I got it right. Yeah, and then I still screwed it up. Uzama. He could still be out there as well playing the Chiefs this week. Um, it, it, Evan Ingram. People dropped him. He's actually, I'm in 10 leagues. He's available in maybe two or three of them. He's getting close to coming back. That's he's getting of, close to coming I guess back. He's been out. So I Yeah, guess. he's been out for a while. Um, and, and don't laugh at me, Marcus. Okay. Don't laugh I'm at me, totally, Eddie. I'm totally going to laugh. Don't laugh. But look on your waiver wire to see if Greg Zerline and Will Lutz are out there. Okay. Uh, I don't care. I, I get kickers. You know, people want to crap on them or whatever. They're part of the game. They're part of what makes you a good fantasy team, especially if you have Greg Zerline, because Greg Zerline could give you 15 points like almost every other week. A guy is that good behind that offense. Why do you think everyone's been rushing to pick up Cairo Santos? Why? It's not because he's anything good. It's because he's playing for the Rams. And a lot of people drop Zerline because he's been out for several weeks. He's getting close. Yeah, getting close. And the second he is out there, he needs to be owned across the board. And Will Lutz, because there's a lot of people out there, and I get it, they don't want to have two kickers on their team. I get it. So they drop a guy who's on a bye. But Will Lutz has been like one of the two or three best kickers in fantasy football the first four or five weeks of the season. And he's playing behind an offense that's going to give him opportunities. So crap on me all you want. I'm not going to talk about kickers very much, but I am telling you, when you've got elite options, and there are elite kickers, Greg Zerline and Will Lutz, if they're out there, I'd pick them up. Very sneakily, by the way. If you're looking at kickers, um, Kaimi Fairbairn. Yeah, and Jason Myers, too. Because the uh, Both of those guys were in my stardom the, sex, uh, the, section this week. The Texans don't score touchdowns. Yeah, so dude. Kaimi Fairbairn. And you've got to look at that, too. Okay, all right, maybe we're going to talk a little bit more about kickers than I thought. Jason Myers had 24 points. Right. And Gaskowski had 21, and Brett Merritt 20. And Butt Kicker had 16. I mean, some of the best players in fantasy football didn't do that this week. So don't tell me kicker. And Jake Seeley, I know if you're listening, I love you, bro. But kickers can matter sometimes. And this is why you need to pay attention to what's going on at this position. Because we get it. You know, Tucker and Goskowski, you know, and Zerline, all these guys are great. Jason Myers is the highest scoring kicker in fantasy football right now. Brett, is it Brett Mayer or My- I don't know. Mayer. The Cowboys like, kicker. Like John. Like John Mayer? Okay. Yeah. He's second in fantasy points right now. 
I can't pronounce Fairbairn's whatever. Fair, Fairbairn. Whatever, that guy. Kaimi Fairbairn. Dude, I mean, he's top four right now. He's top four. So, you know, listen, it's po- points is points. Right, Marcus? Points is freaking points. Points is points. Don't matter if it's coming from a kicker or a quarterback. Points is points. So, there. I'm there done go. with my kicker diatribe. All right. There How about that, Eddie? There it is. And that pretty much wraps up the waiver wire. It also pretty much uh, wraps up the show. Again, I'm hungry, man. We got to get some lunch. Let's go get some grub. Uh, yeah, thanks dude. to Takeo Spikes for checking in. Uh, you know, again, keep an eye on the waiver wire with uh, four teams on a buy. Going to be a big one this mm-hmm. week, as always. And, and by I, the way, yes. check in early, uh, later in the week. Jerry O'Connell is going to be joining us. Special guest. For uh, the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. And we'll talk to him about his new show, Carter, how he's doing in our celebrity league. And Jerry's always fun for a few of his uh, dumpster dives as well. I don't know, you know, it's funny because usually he gets one that just hits, man. It, uh, it absolutely hits. What, what was the one? Oh, I don't remember. Javorski Lane. He hit uh, Javorski freaking Lane one year. Uh, yeah, I remember that I one. Remember I that. remember that, yeah. That is funny. That is funny. Javorski so, yeah, so, uh, so stay tuned for that coming up a little bit later on this week as well on the podcast. And always remember, never get scared half to death twice. We'll see you on Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.